you don't technically have to buy in because you just it's just contracts that are awarded, but uh, you generally have to buy in once so that you can get the experience so that you can be awarded contracts going forward. So we bought in uh, two or three times just so we could get into different planes and grow faster. But we uh, we started off with like five hundred thousand for three trucks position for three trucks out of Pennsylvania. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our channel. My name is Tavi. I'm Patey. And this is our second episode of Stories from the Road. We have a very special guest today. His name is Thomas Griffin. He's a fleet owner, so he'll be joining us very soon. This is Thomas Griffin. He's a business owner, a fleet owner. He has a bunch of trucks. And like I said, we're going to get into his story today. So tell me a little bit about yourself and basically how you even got into trucking to begin with. Sure. So I spent uh, 15 years as a bank manager for Wells Fargo and a local credit union. And, uh, and then I wanted to get into the FedEx space. Um, so I heard about that when I was younger and thought it'd be a great idea. So I got uh, with a friend of mine and we bought into what, some contracts and a bunch of trucks to go to FedEx. Um, then before long, it kind of slowed down. And uh, so we were looking for other options to keep our trucks moving while it was down. So we set up our own DOT and uh, started uh, and then we found Core Logistics or Spot Edge. Uh, I spoke with Nancy over there and she was very helpful. Uh, so we've got now a few trucks running with them under their DOT and a few under ours. We only only allowed to have a few as we got started, uh, so the rest of them are under, under their DOT. And uh, that keeps our trucks moving, keeps our drivers uh, paid, so it's worked out really well. Awesome. And how did you actually learn about Bobby, the you're on mute. Oh. <laughs> awesome. I was saying, how did you actually learn about the business side of trucking? Like, did you watch a bunch of YouTube videos? Did you have any mentors? Good question. So, um, let's see what I, uh, I ran as a package handler, uh, actually just a, like a Christmas helper for UPS. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I ran into a FedEx contractor and learned about the, the model where you can where you can buy a trucking company but have them be basically contract with them and so they can ease you into it, teach you the model. There's been some, I've been to a bunch of seminars since then to kind of train on the FedEx side. They kind of eased me into the trucking side. So between the brokers and everybody who sold me the contracts with FedEx, I've just learned a lot along the way. And then I've only been doing the under my own DOT outside of FedEx for less than a year. And so that's been educational also. So it is my Wow. So you've only been in, wow, for less than a year. And I feel like that's kind of was a crazy time to sort of join with the market being down and just so unpredictable. So my question to you is, how do you deal with sort of the highs and lows with trucking? Like I said, it's very unpredictable. One day it could be really well, one day it could be really bad. So how do you deal with that? Well, it's uh, a lot of debt. A lot of debt helps. <laughs> But uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, so that's kind of what forced us into uh, the outside world is we saw the writing on the wall with FedEx and declining miles every, every week. And so we had to get our own DOT. Now that we have more than just one customer, 
then we're able to, you know, buffer the downfalls a little bit. We're able to just, I mean, core has been great and we, we run a few on our own that we dispatch ourselves as well. And so we look at the load boards and somebody needs some work. It may not be the best paying, but as long as we're not tied to one customer, then we can spread it out and stay busy. Absolutely. Um, now, Petey, did you want to? Oh, hey, Tom. Uh, I'm Petey. I'm one of the two owners at the company. First okay. of all, I really appreciate working with you. I know we haven't met uh, us two, but I chat with Nancy and Eli all the time, and they say such great things about you. Uh, so so I really appreciate working with you. Uh, this call, we have some audiences for our owner-operators who eventually want to build up a fleet like you. So we said, let's uh, hear from you about uh, the successes you had and some mistakes you had and your general advice. So we, we just want to hear all of that. So, so thank you very much for your time. Uh, my first question, how old are you? Because I, when I heard the <laughs> owner, I was expecting someone older. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just cut my hair, so I look younger. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm 38. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I, I really okay. like that. I just jump right in. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, tell me about the FedEx lane business. Did you have you buy into it? Uh, because I heard some people say you need to like put money up front. So did that happen? And how much did they say you were going to make? How much did you make starting out? And then what did you end up making? Like, the, tell me about that business. Yeah, so I'm I'm a pretty open book. So better be careful, Jazz. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I uh, we don't technically have to buy in because you just it's just contracts that are awarded. But uh, you generally have to buy in once so that you can get the experience so that you can be awarded contracts going forward. So we bought in uh, two or three times just so we could get into different lanes and grow faster. But we uh, we started off, we paid like 500000 for three trucks, positioned for three trucks out of Pennsylvania. And that allowed us to, to run what they call the unassigned rotation. So we would... We would we have trucks in the yard, and every Tuesday they'd go through and say, "Okay, you're going here this week and this week," and just dispatch them. And then they would immediately build a turnaround at their locations and back to Pennsylvania, so they could do it again the next week. So we bought those three trucks and ended up getting three or two or three more to run as spares to make sure we always had somebody to follow that would that rotation as trucks go down. And then we ended up buying routes with a little bit higher standing out of Columbus, Ohio. They are considered dedicated. Uh, so, and this is all available. Uh, we use Route Consultant a ton to, to get the base knowledge. Uh, Spencer Patton was big in that space. But they, they were dedicated, so they would like leave first. They would never be, they would always have the same run and uh, should have been more money at that time because they would always have the same route and be more efficient if they moved through the terminals. Um, but uh, no, it, it didn't work out the way it's supposed to. I mean, it seems like FedEx is. Uh, as the economy went down and they had to, you know, make money for the shareholders, they started squeezing it and things got less and less profitable. Um, and then it, with their freight went down, then we couldn't even keep our trucks moving. And so that's why we started looking around and uh, got to with Nancy and talked for a while before we pulled the trigger. And eventually we had trucks out of FedEx and we could send it to her. So You mentioned, you said $500,000 upfront investment. Is that just for the trucks, or is some of that money uh, to FedEx as well? 
And none of it is the FedEx. FedEx would like to believe that they are just uh, running an altruistic organization that doesn't uh, deal with people's lives and cause bankruptcies and divorces and all that stuff. And, and to be fair, they, they aren't really involved in that transaction. It was um, somebody had been awarded the contract and we bought the contract from them. So we bought for the right for them to transfer that contract to us. So it was a third party, another contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so part of the five hundred thousand went towards paying the third party, I guess. That was uh, that was all of it, and then they would finance the trucks and it's the wow. yeah. yeah. So the contract was worth about five hundred thousand. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm wrong. It was way more than that. That was yeah. my part. So my partner and I each put in a bunch of money and bought the contracts. But they they generally go for like two hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand uh, per. That's what I hear. That's yeah. what I hear. Yeah, and and it varies, but you said uh, you had a friend who was doing this and got into it. Is he also doing less well, uh, or is he doing amazing and you just got a not great contract? It's hard to say because the um, the FedEx, the, the line haul contracts are all the same, um, so that they well they're not all the same, but the miles are all the same. So as long as you have good truck and good drivers, anybody should be able to make money at the end of the contracts. Um, I'm also in the pickup and delivery space, and that's a different game. But the line haul, they should all be pretty similar. So it's just about, um, but the guy who got us in, who we bought him from, he, he feels like more of a broker. So he has he has a lot of routes coming through him, and uh, not his information isn't the most reliable because he's just trying to move routes. But um, it was good to get us in because he, he that's how he gets paid, and people started in the system. So. Uh, it was helpful, but I know he does really well. Um, I think more than anything, though, he, he's just making money up turning them. So I guess I don't know how his trucks are performing with FedEx. Um, other contractors, I've, I mean, it seems like in the industry, there's like six thousand DOTs that go dark every month or something right now. I mean, trucking is the leading indicator for the economy, and we're just uh, not doing great in the economy. So yeah, hopefully, it'll fix up soon. Feeling it. Yeah, well, we will be the first to know, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I guess to the audience listening, most people don't have $500,000 and a partner with another $500,000. Um, I guess did your, did your bank connections from being a bank manager before, that must have helped a lot? Or was it a lot of personal debt? Like how, how, what, how did that so- happen? My path was a little bit different. Like you said, I got in early, kind of like the, the teenagers that lived the van life before working 40 years and retiring. I just jumped in because I was good at debt, right? I figured out, I know how to finance debt. Um, we had other businesses, and it came during the time of the PPPs and the HIDL loans, and so we did a little bit of lending from one to the other um, in order to saddle myself with way more debt than I should have. So it's a uh, long-term, who knows if it'll be a good idea, but uh, I was able to get into debt really well. <laughs> did you have any experience with semi-trucks? Because uh, buying the first few trucks, did you buy used trucks? That, that might be a bit scary, right? But I guess you're, you're in the auto business, so maybe you have some mechanics to check it out. I do. I have a couple other businesses in that, in that space, but really what helped us get in for insurance and loans was to say, hey, you have a contract with FedEx. Mm-hmm. So I'm comfortable. As we're trying to get into the outside of the next space, it's like we can't even find insurance that will take us. You know, 
in Turkey without that FedEx contract. Uh, Tavi, that's most of my questions. <laughs> I'll defer to you if you have more. Yeah, so um, is there anything, even though your journey is, is pretty short so far, but is there anything that you would change about your journey? Uh, we need to have better controls on our, on our finance. Um, we do not have enough manpower, uh, administrative power to see what's, uh, what's working well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one downside of starting with FedEx is we started with the customer and the market, and uh, we just tried to put the trucks on as fast as we could to satisfy the customer. Um, whereas starting outside, we're kind of restarting and saying, okay, now what kind of trucks do we need? Where would be best deployed? Um, because there's a huge range of, of, of profitability between the different loads that we can do and the different you know local versus OTR. So um, we've shifted from you know we test the water with one or two trucks with with Spot Edge, and then uh, we put more on recently. And as as they manage their stuff so well, we're planning to put more on. Because that's one thing in the back office that we don't have the strength for yet. Um, so, so our trucks are either at FedEx or we've got to figure out where to put them. It seems like the ones that spotted return better on the investment. So, I have a question. Uh, when you started with FedEx, how did you recruit drivers? Because that's pretty t- uh, that's a pretty tough challenge, and a lot of new trucking business owners struggle with that. So, how, how did you? What did you try out? What worked? What didn't? How hard was it for you? Yeah, it was definitely hard. Uh, I, I remember the first team that we recruited was February 14th. It was like we, we paid for their, their Valentine's getaway, and then uh, they came to work for us right after. Uh, we had to do something, right? So they were actually um, like my cousins or something. We had a lot of familiar you know, drivers to begin with. Um, and then it seemed like recruiting from a driver's perspective was a lot easier. So we started with referrals and you promoted a driver manager and said that's one of your big tasks is to talk to people. Um, it's really hard because Indeed and we tried Indeed, we tried Monster, we tried there's another one called like Truck Truck Buddy or something that they're they're using. But the big the best way was referrals. And until I could speak the lingo also, it was it was difficult. So when you say referrals, you were paying out referral bonuses or was it just asking for begging for papers? It was a little bit of both. I mean, we, we definitely overpaid um, our first drivers so they could, you know, dock us up. I mean, we, we paid some guys like once a mile or more, and it seems way too much. But uh, just to try to get uh, win favor with them so they'd talk to their friends. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfectly sense. And you also said that um, the drivers, they had because of them being drivers, they made the recruiting process a little easier because they were able to talk to them. So is that something that you feel like is sort of necessary when you come in into trucking? Like you should be on the road for a little bit, like as a driver, or what's your opinion on that? That's an interesting question. So it would help you learn the vernacular faster so you can gain the, the respect of the, the drivers, the potential drivers and recruits. Um, but at the same time, the, the advice I got so far has been don't get your CDL as an owner because um, it's so easy to then just work in the business mm-hmm. and never work out of business. Mm-hmm. So I've been 
as much fun as I think it would be. My, my dad actually drives for me. I thought it'd be fun to go drive with him, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've been, I've been told not to. So I'm not going to get my CDL. I'm not a good driver because someone's got to work on the business, especially that's a weakness we have currently. So. Mm-hmm. Now, is that the piece of advice that you will pass on to someone that's looking to start a trucking business? Like, is don't get your CDL and what else? Uh, that's so hard. That was my path, and I can see what weaknesses that's you know highlighted for me. Um, I know others. If they spend a little bit of time in the business, then they'll be able to you know know when the drivers are blowing smoke and know how to do the job more efficiently. So that could be a benefit as well. Um, for me, I just need to focus on the admin side. So that's been working. Yeah, it's been working for me. And then just have a good manager who's a driver with experience. Gotcha. Now, I have two fun questions that I want to ask you just to sort of test your knowledge, your trucking knowledge. The first one is, what is the longest interstate highway in the United States? What's the longest I oh, man, you put me on the spot. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I was guessing see there. Well, there's probably one that goes north to south up in Alaska. I mean, what is that? Highway one? Interstate 90. So that's almost 3,100 miles long, and it runs from Seattle, Washington to Boston, Massachusetts. So. That's the longest highway. <laughs> and then my second question is easier. It's a true or false, and it deals with east and north. So interstate highways that run east and west have even numbers. Is that true or false? Yeah, uh, that is even. Yeah, true. Oh, good job. Right. Yep, that's true. Because if the interstate has an inner, um, an even number like I-80, it runs east or west, and then odd numbers like I-35, north and south. And then the three numbers like I-280, those are like, um, yeah, around the cities and Ring yeah. Yeah, interstate. So, okay, not bad, not bad. <laughs> now, when do you plan on retiring or are you in it to the end? Um, yeah, we're nowhere near that now. We're still grinding, yeah. not even banking much money. So, we're, we're still away from that. But, uh, but as I look around, it seems like not even a plan ever. I can just, just keep having fun, keep playing the game, uh, to stay alive, stay active. So I don't know, retirement, I might take more vacations than I had in the last five years at some point, but I don't think I'll retire for a long time. Yeah. And then I just want to know your opinion. So as the market changes, as trucking changes, the world, honestly, um, we have, we see more like tech AI being incorporated into trucking, like there's auto trucks, et cetera. So down and in the near future, is that something that you would be interested in, like switching over and getting like fully auto trucks or do you think you're always going to want to like have your drivers, et cetera? So, um, I think if I understand the question you're saying, how would I feel about doing like the automated, like driverless trucks? What you're saying? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that, uh, we'll ever get there. I think that the Tesla model with the, at least an operator observing would be the first that anyone would feel comfortable with. But, um, as a business owner, we like having just machines that make money. So I could see how if it gets, you know, um, proved over time, then then it would be uh, 
somewhere we'd adopt quickly. So, anything you want to add? Oh, I was still curious about the FedEx. So, the <laughs> contract you bought into is probably yeah. worth money because I, it sounds like you're being less of it now. Can you sell it, uh, or have you already sold it, or it's not worth it to sell it? Uh, can you talk about that? Oh man, there's so many games in there, and uh, I feel like I need to double check and see who my audience is again that I'm going to be sharing this <laughs> with. <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to be, uh, I should have asked at the beginning, but this is uh, going to be broadcasted or shared or is currently live. It is. But it is. So just whatever you're comfortable with. And if you, honestly, even if you want to cut some stuff out after, we could do that. So far, I think we're good. Um, so, yes, it, 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 so it should have some value, <clears throat> right? We have something called the A1 that tells us uh, basically they're, they're, commitment to us to what trucks they're going to keep moving and what level of commitment they have for our drive our trucks. And so like a strong dedicated run should be worth $250,000. Um, the, the trouble is um, <clears throat> FedEx isn't an amazing partner. And so uh, it doesn't always work out the way it's supposed to. Um, and with the economy, again, they're one, they're one customer. So it, they're, they do what they can, but if they don't have volume, they don't have volume. So the values of everyone's contracts has probably decreased um, quite a bit. I know on the P&D side, even more. But um, so any value that it has, it's still there, but it's less. So we could sell, but we haven't sold. Um, I guess that's not 100% true. We did we did break off a piece to uh, to sell to a friend who was uh, wanting to get into the space. So he had he got a few of our, our contracted runs, and he started and is doing well. So, um, so yes and no. It's there is value there. Uh, it's lessened because of the economy, but hopefully it'll rebound when the economy does. Very helpful. Thanks, Paul. At what point will you consider your business a success? Um, so I've always had this uh, definition of infinitely wealthy that uh, that I've strived for. And it's it's a little more modest than it sounds, but the idea is once it once it'll pay for our needs with having to be involved every day, um, then then it'll just grow without needing to put in all the time. That would be a, a point I would celebrate. Um, but I don't know. More and more, it seems like I need to get more into uh, some peripheral stuff. It seems like just like the gold rush. People who guaranteed got got wealthy in the gold rush were the outfitters, right? Um, and you guys have pivoted and become a, a dispatch and, and some other facets to your business. Something like that I think would be more consistently successful than just being the guy hoping to get miles each week. So I'd love to see what, what that brings down the line here. Dealerships do well. <laughs> All the dealerships around us, they don't work. They don't, they don't work. Nobody works hard and they, they're, <laughs> they're making a lot of money. But maybe we're, maybe that would be chasing the end of the wave. I mentioned it because I see you have a Griffith auto sale. So I guess you're, you already have uh, a Napoleon. <laughs> and I noticed that I, was, I meant to change that. But yeah, <laughs> that's one of the many things that distract me from making money. Yes. Mm-hmm. Too many, too many buyers, too, too many irons in the fire. So yeah. Do you have a franchise dealership or just like a non-franchise dealership? No, in fact, uh, it's, I don't want to take much time, but I had uh, I have a couple of restaurants as well. I have this uh, I had an automotive repair shop, Amco Transmissions, and uh, the economy got so bad, and 
points were hard to find and my guys were struggling. So we ended up like taking, like repossessing so many vehicles because no one would pay for them or it took too long to get them the people to buy their cars that in order to dispose of them, I had to get a dealer license just to be able to sell more than six vehicles in a year. So the dealership hasn't really functioned as a dealership. It's just a bunch of plates to run on vehicles that I'm you know, buying to repair and sell and uh, and to be able to legally sell them any vehicles. So not a very fun or sexy dealership, but it is a dealership technically. <laughs> and how do you balance that all? I mean, owning so many different businesses and trucking along is stressful. So, yeah, how do you balance it all? Um, it's rough. I don't sleep much. Um, I, I just try to count, calendar everything out so there's a day that I'm thinking about each thing a week. Um, but I uh, drop a lot of balls and uh, have to rely on my partners for a lot. Most things they have partners in as well. So they keep me accountable to what needs to happen. And uh, But yeah, it, it, it is tough because the buck stops with me on most all of these things uh, as the president of each company. And then my partners usually silent partners or financing partners or Rarely do they get their hands dirty. They just want to check in with me and keep me accountable so we can keep moving forward. But uh, yeah, I just have like each day I focus on it and then take care of the fires each night. Awesome. Love that. And how do you deal with just sort of that fear and like doubt of the unknown? So um, I'm a risk seeker. Mm -hmm. I uh, that that part I accept pretty readily. I yeah I, I I'm surprised if I feel more than you know sixty percent confident of any outcome. I just have to with what I have and, and try. <laughs> so awesome! I think that's that was honestly. Um very, very well said. And um, I don't have any more questions. I just wanted to honestly thank you for joining this interview and just giving us so much insight, giving new truckers insight about opening up a business and running a business and just the ins and outs of it all. So we appreciate you for working with us as well um, with your trucks and any closing remarks that you have to say? Petey? No. Appreciate the opportunity. I uh, hope uh, things continue to go well for you guys. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>